Hola, somos Tania Moreno y Daniela Álvarez de TCU. Y estás escuchando College Volleyball Weekly. ¡Go Frogs! This is Tania Moreno and Daniela Álvarez from TCU. And you are on College Beach Volleyball Weekly. ¡Go Frogs! Hi everyone, I'm Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford Beach Volleyball and you are listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Hi, I'm Alana Rennie of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And I'm Alex Parker of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And you're listening to College Beach Volleyball Weekly. Is that right? No. <laughs> hey, good day, everyone. Another episode of College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition with Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford and Mads Fitzpatrick of Florida State. I am so thankful that they take this time each week to just chat about collegiate beach volleyball, which has been so fun since we started doing this last year. But ladies, thank you for coming on again. Thank you for having us again. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much as always. It's a highlight of the week consistently. Well, it it's getting more and more exciting. We're only in week three and we're seeing some big things happen uh, across the nation, even with a bunch of the top teams being idle. But one of the teams that's really caught people's eye is Stetson. Um, who was playing another hot team, Tampa. Um, they were, let's see, home versus FAU. They had a 3-2 loss, but still FAU's a solid, I guess there's a solid loss. That would be a good one. And Florida State and uh, comments in that matchup, and Mantles, I'm sure we'll speak to it. It was a tight duel. 3-2 uh, ended up being the margin of victory for the Seminoles. But Mats, thoughts on the Stetson team? Yeah, uh, Stetson really impressed me. Like one through five, extremely athletic. It didn't feel like any of their pairs were really lacking in athleticism. Luckily, we we did three, four, and five, or we finished, we got all of our wins. Like we got our top three wins. So we knew that we won the duel and then our other two teams lost. So we felt we were still confident, um, but they played us really tough, which they always do. Um, and, you know, Stetson was like really good a few years ago and then kind of, dipped off and I feel like they're back to that same level that they were and I'm happy for them it was a fun game good Charlie anything to add on what you know about Stetson yeah I think Matt's kind of mentioned that perfectly I remember like Stetson was super super high level they have that legendary upset of USC a couple years back in uh the NCAA championship tournament um and then they had a little bit of a drop off uh just a little bit out of kind of the center of attention point of view and then now they're coming back they seem like Mads is just saying super athletic um again it kind of speaks to what kind of our consistent point throughout the season so far is on just the level of competition is just continuing to rise which is really really cool to see yep the other team I wanted to bring attention to is you know Pepperdine had been undefeated up until this last week but now that we've seen them they they won against uh ULM and Mercer to be expected but their losses were to South Carolina 4-1 and LSU 4-1 does that change our perspective on where Pepperdine is or could be and we'll start with you Charlie on this one yeah so I think the biggest thing of where it changes my perspective is on South Carolina I think that that's a huge win for South Carolina um, and I think for Pepperdine, I think that they're still in that process of rebuilding a program where they lost some players last year, um, where just they're needing to rebuild from kind of a tough season last year. And so I don't think it's unexpected, but I think that it's definitely an opportunity for growth for them for where they can come back later, but they're going to need to kind of come back to be in high level contention. Yep. Matt, anything to add on that? Yeah, that, that was very well said. They're, they're down a little bit. They've lost a lot of good players 
Um, so this is like their rebuilding year. So I wasn't surprised about South Carolina because I know South Carolina is really good. Um, and I know Pepperdine just needs a few more years under their belts to like build that program back up. Yeah. Well, we're going to go back to another East Coast team in the 13th rank. We'll actually have to look at the current, but we'll just say FAU because of the two polls we're looking at. Um, wins away at Stetson, close one, 3-2, but then they got bageled by USC, and but that's kind of be, to be expected. But uh, thoughts on FAU, Mads? Yeah, um, FAU is always impressive. Their ones played Tina Gradina and Haley of USC's ones very hard, I think took them to three. So there's mm-hmm. always like standout teams for FAU that shock me. Um, they're really fun to watch. Um, they played really well. They're really gritty. That's uh, Erica Brock and Mackenzie Morris you're talking about. And I saw some of the video and gosh, they were really hanging toe to toe with uh, Haley and Tina. So that was pretty impressive. Yeah. So uh, Charlie, really windy. yes. Oh, go for it. Or go ahead and say that, Matt. Um, yeah, sorry. It, it was really windy too. And FAU practices in the wind in Boca constantly. So they were like really trained to play well in the wind. And I think that's one of the reasons they were so successful. Yep. Charlie, what you got to add? Yeah. I mean, again, USC is a very, very high level competitor. And I think that one of the things that I'm kind of seeing in scores and in just kind of the scores of individual pairings in games is that a lot of these wins, like a lot of teams are coming really close against them. So it's really cool to see. I mean, like you were saying, FAU ones, Erica and McKenzie, they're a very talented team. We've seen them do great things already this season. But I think the cool thing is seeing like everybody's starting to like, or not even starting, everybody's coming close. And so I think that USC being a powerhouse school pretty consistently kind of everybody's gunning for them and everybody's coming pretty close. So it'll be exciting to see how in depth in the season, how teams fare up against them later. Yep. Uh, Go back to the West coast, Cal Poly home wins versus ASU, Washington and San Jose state one loss to LMU and it was three, two. Now uh, I know that some of us have seen Cal Poly and feel like they're just on the edge of breaking through at each of these duels, because if you look at their record, it's deceiving. They're like two and with a ton of losses, but they're always in the mix. But I wanted to get your guys thoughts as athletes and some of you have competed against them already. So we'll start with you, Charlie. Yeah. So some of us, (laughs) I have (laughs) competed against them um, for sure. And Cal Poly is a talented team. Todd Rogers does incredible things with the program every year. They had a couple losses of players. So again, like this was another season where they're kind of rebuilding, but they've got a lot of talent in that rebuilding. I know Ella Connors, their freshman, she's absurd. Like she's got so much talent is just a straight up athlete. Um, and so she's super fun to watch. And it kind of just shows that that program has a lot coming for them. Um, and a lot of their losses are close. I know we beat them three, two, and we had a similar case to F to FSU with FAU where it was that three, two, or with Stetson where we had already won the three duels, but they were, they completely battled and one in three or one in two on one court. So they ended up taking us three, two, like they're a very talented team. Um, and I think that they're going to be able to edge those victories a little bit more with a little bit more experience in season. Yep. Mads, anything to add there? Yeah, I agree. The season's really long. And I remember they lost, they got upset by Tampa, right? At the beginning of the season. And I was like, that's, or was it, was that, is that correct? Yes. yes. They, okay. they pulled yeah. in at like four in the morning. They took a red eye out, got in and yeah. then went to compete two hours later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hours it's, later. it's a grind for them. And I know that they're better than 
that and they've consistently they're getting closer to those victories i feel like when they get over the hump we're not going to be surprised at all that they just kind of take off as the season keeps going yep all right this is the exciting portion here as we get to the top six because i mean i'm gonna confess coach russell broxton hey i didn't think lsu would be where they're at right now but they are making a huge statement and i'm excited for them because you're seeing them do some pretty incredible things they had Wins away at South Carolina 4-1, neutral versus uh, Pepperdine 4-1, and Mercer and ULM 5-0, zero losses this last week. They're on fire. And uh, if you've been watching the video, their bigs are legit, and their defenders are just as athletic as, as they have been, like a bunch of Chris and Nusses, but maybe two or three inches taller. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with Charlie and go to, to Mads, because we know that's going to be your, uh, your big uh, matchup there in the season there, Mads. So Charlie, go for it. Yeah, so LSU, I think that we all, I mean, we were really excited to see where LSU was going to go, um, but we were a little nervous because, I mean, their lineup is completely new this year. I'm really, really impressed with their twos team. Um, their twos team is the national pair of the week right now, and they, I mean, I believe that they're undefeated on the season so far. Um, yeah, LSU has continuously been able to put up really, really solid wins. Um, and then, I mean, they had the nitty gritty battle between LMU where they edged out on top um, last week, but then this week, I mean, it, they're just showing like solidly that they are the team that's like, yep, we're going to take this and we're going to take this right now. Um, so they're kind of coming back into the powerhouse category that I was a little interested to see if they'd be able to uphold that reputation this year. Yeah. All right, Mads. Here we go. Here's the home run hitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even though I, I have beef with them, obviously, because it's always us and them back and forth for conference. Um, but I really respect their program. I really respect Russell. Um, and I am looking forward to seeing them play a little bit of tougher teams. Like South Carolina is good, but I want to watch them maybe play LMU again, or this next week coming up, they're playing FAU and GCU. Like I'm interested to see if they can keep this up because they've got good wins, yeah. but I'm looking forward to seeing them play just like the next level of teams and seeing how they respond to that. Oh, that's a good assessment there. I like that there. Well, we're going to stay on, uh, actually, no, we're going to go to a West coast team. LMU, um, Wins at Cal Poly 3-2, neutral 5-0 versus uh, Arizona State. Washington, they are 5-0, and uh, San Jose State 5-0. It doesn't reveal a whole lot more. They've already had some big wins, but um, they're going into a, a week where they're going to have some pretty stiff competition now. So um, are they the real deal? And we'll start with you, Mads. <laughs> Yes, I think they are the real deal. I'm really looking forward to getting the chance to play them. And I haven't been able to see them play, but I know they've got some really awesome players. Uh, I think they're definitely the real deal. And they're kind of the team to beat right now, other than USC and UCLA, obviously. But like and Florida LMU's State, remember, there. you can stay Florida State. Yeah, Florida we, State. we won't judge you. <laughs> I don't want to brag. <laughs> All right, Charlie, take a swing. I think Matt's hit the nail on the head. I mean, LMU came out last year shocked I mean didn't even shock the nation because we all knew that they were super talented but they kind of like definitely came into national championships not looking like it was their first appearance at national championships and this year I feel like they started off just as well-rounded as they were last year I think that there is a little bit of bumpiness I'm like excited to see them take on these teams that might get, bring them a little bit more competition on a similar note to LSU like just continuously see how they fare up against 
teams like that, like that's a very close battle against Cal Poly. How are they going to fare up against teams that are a little bit closer in the ranks? Um, but they're sweeping the schools that they're supposed to, which is very impressive. Cause I mean, nobody can be perfect, but they're performing pretty close to perfect right now, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, only two more teams left. We're going to break down here. TCU. We'll just say they're undefeated. They've only what they dropped one, two, three uh, flights uh, this last week at uh, in Hawaii. Um, but I mean, they're really good. Megan Murray, Rochelle Scott, we talked about last week, but man, they, they're good and they're deep, but uh, did you guys get to see anything or see the results this last weekend? We'll start with you, Mads. Yeah, so I did see that they had a 4-1 win over Cal and that gave them the victory uh, for the tournament. I mean, they upset us. They're very impressive. Like, I, although there are enemies, I am fans of them because they are very impressive. And they're, <laughs> frenemies, they're, kind of they're the frenemies. Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're kind of the underdogs last year, but then this year they've made a statement for themselves and they're one of the top teams now and they deserve it, honestly. Yeah, Charlie, what you got? Them being a fellow underdog, like being a fellow underdog with them last year at NCAAs, I feel like I was really, really a fan of the TCU team. Really fan of, I'm a huge fan of Danny and Tanya at the ones. I'm a huge fan of really all of their pairs. Um, they're doing really consistent things. And even looking at like the national rankings of like pairings and just how pairings are faring up. Like there are TCU pairs at the ones, at the fours, at the fives. Like there are, there are ranked teams everywhere because they're just putting up the wins very, very consistently. And so, I mean, I'm very impressed by them. I mean, I knew I was going to be, but I think, I think they're upset of FSU. Sorry, Mads, but that was one of the most impressive wins that I've seen in a while. Um, and I think that it's really cool to just see a little bit of an underdog team start coming out like as, oh, hey, we're not an underdog anymore. We're here to stay at the top. Yeah. Final team we're going to look over is a USC and Mads again, 3-1 against you guys. FAO 3-0, Stetson 5-0, Tampa 5-0. You know, I, I saw one of the uh, Instagram lives of it was uh, Haley and Tina against uh, Tampa's number one pair. And that number one pair of Tampa, they were shooting like crazy and they were giving Tina and Haley a hard time, but they ended up adjusting and, you know, they grinded out the win. But still, I was like, wow, they are giving them trouble. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, USC, I mean, nine dual winning streak right now. And since that loss to UCLA, I feel like they're just mad. They're beating people in bad kinds of ways. So, but I want to get your guys' thoughts as the athletes and also knowing the athletes that compete for that team. So we'll start with you, Charlie. Yeah, I compete. I had the really fun experience of competing against USC right <laughs> after their loss to UCLA. So I can definitely <laughs> say that they were out for a vengeance. They're, I mean, they're a powerhouse of a team. They always have been. And honestly, they probably always will be. I think that this year, the fun thing, like I was saying earlier, is that everybody's kind of out for blood with them. Um, because we know that they're a powerhouse, because we know kind of more tendencies, we're seeing a real consistency throughout their lineup of just, I mean, I don't know, they do amazing things very, very consistently. Um, so it's really fun to see. I know watching Haley and Tina up close, they were like, I, th I don't know very many people who can fly the way that Haley Harward can fly. Um, because if she doesn't jump, she flies. Um, they're doing incredible things still, but I'm excited to see people start kind of giving them a little bit more of a run for their money. But I'm, I don't, where they're at right now, they're not letting people give them a run for their money. Yeah. Yep. Matt's thoughts. I mean, you see them this week, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We've, ugh. They, uh, <laughs> sorry. Something that really impressed me about them was 
it was so windy in our game versus them. And they handled the wind like it was just their job and they do it all the time. And that's something that you don't see very often. I'm not sure if their home courts are very windy or they get to practice in it often, but the way that they handled the wind was at an elite level. Um, yeah, so as always, very impressed by them, but that was something different that I saw. Yeah, well, you know, I was looking at the uh, results for SC and the only place they've been having any kind of circle has been at the number five spot. And your former partner, Sunnyville Pondo, uh, has been playing in there along with Caroline Schaefer, the Cal transfer with Molly Eberton and Shannon Scully been flipping back and forth. But, you know, Coach Dane Blanton's working something out there. He's like, you know what, Let, let's work on this here so we're even stronger towards the end. But, I mean, if there is any vulnerability, it's at that five. And it, you can't even really say that's a vulnerability. So, uh, yeah, kind of scary. Like, uh, yeah, it is. They took our... <laughs> I think they took Kate and Raylan R fives to three and Kate and Raylan are solid and, and they ended up winning, but it's, you see that a lot in the fives where the coaches puts people in with different people just to try things out because you know, the season's very long. And so I could see him continuing to do that until they get that spot figured out. Yep. Anything you add there, Charlie? Yeah. I mean, I saw a little bit of their mix up that for that. I think the first weekend that they changed up their fives was when we played against them. Um, and so we got the first look of Sunny and Molly as opposed to Sunny and Caroline. I mean, I know Sun pretty well. She's a pretty solid player. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty, she's a pretty formidable fives defender to play against um, to say the least. But I am like, like you guys were saying, like I am curious to see where Dane goes with that because of the fact that, there has been mix-ups, but not all of the mix-ups have necessarily worked out as producing wins. So I'm curious to see where, when those wins will produce and how that, like, cause I know that they will. I'm just curious mm -hmm. to see when and how they do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything else to add there, Matt, just before we jump on to the next segment? Uh, no, that was good. We can jump on. <laughs> you know, it is a big matchup coming up, right? We know we're, we're watching. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Top pairs of the week at first number fives. And I wanted to discuss this last week. We ran out of time, but um, LMU's Jacinda Ramirez, Isabel Reffel, 9-0. Florida State's Kate Privet and Raylan White, 8-0. And, and you got to mention LSU's Sierra Caffo and Ellie Shank at 10-1. And, and then right next to them, TCU's Rochelle Scott and Megan Murray. Um, anything to add about the, the uh, top fives this week? Top number um, five pairs, not the top five of the... <laughs> Yeah. Anyone take a stab. I always love to see like when the fives pairs, all of those fives could also be ones or twos or threes at any school. That's just like the level. Now I feel like maybe back in the day, like the fives pairs were like a little weaker, but these in this day and age, it's like the fives could be any of the ones. Um, so it's really fun to see all those names as such big names playing and being so successful. Yep. Charlie, anything to add? I think this speaks to, we've spoken a little bit about this in the past, but it like, like Mads was just saying, it speaks to the depth of programs and the depth of beach volleyball in general right now. But I think it also kind of speaks towards the movement towards how important like lower seating flights are, because I mean, everywhere is going to have super high level of competition at the top of their flights. But I think the thing that like differentiates the top schools versus the not as top schools is the fact that they're threes, fours, fives, like the depth in their program is so deep. Like Mads was just saying, I mean, any of those pairs would be at the top in a lot of different places. And the fact that they're so consistent and such staples to wins for those programs is why a lot of those programs are doing as well as they are. You're going to make me do this because that was the question. <laughs> it seems like so far this year, as I've been looking at results, 
yeah, your ones and twos are super consistent, but no pressure on you, Mads. Threes, fours, and fives have been winning the duels because mm -hmm. I'm looking at the results like, oh, ones and twos, oh, those are expected. But the teams that are grinding out those, those higher flights are the ones that are winning those big matches. Um, you know, obviously, Charlie, you're, you've been playing between the ones and twos and Mads is here at threes and you jumped to the twos for a little bit, but I mean, would you say that's a good assessment I mean, of, of what's going on with the top teams across the nation? We'll start with you, Mads. <laughs> 100%. Like our coach said it the other day. She was like, we need everyone to be consistent. But right now, like our three supports and fives are super consistent. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's like the lower seeds that grind it out. But I mean, every, every seed has the same weight, but I 100% agree with your assessment. Yeah. Charlie. I think, I mean, I couldn't agree anymore. Um, I think that the really fun thing is that like what Madge just said, like everywhere has equal weight. So it's not so matter. It's not so much like the rankings of pairings. Like they don't matter as much as the actual fact that every pair needs to win. And I think that that's like, I know that that's what our coaches kind of ingrained, have ingrained in us since the get-go that like everyone is important. Everybody is battling at the mm -hmm. exact same level. Everybody is just as important and fighting just as hard on our team. Um, and I think that that's been the move for a lot of schools that they're realizing like, hey, we need to prioritize everywhere because these lower flights are the reason why schools are going to Gulf Shores. These lower flights are the reasons why schools are in the top eight versus in the top 20, like something along the lines of that. And so I don't know, I really, really love the movement that's going forward because everyone is good, but the schools that stand out the most are the ones who have depth that is good as well. Yep. Well, you'll know as we, as we go through the other top pairs of the week, you're going to see a, a particular pattern. You're going to see TCU, LSU, FSU, UCLA at the three, fours, and fives that are listed, or even as up as in the twos. So um, with that, I'm going to go to the number four pairs. Uh, UCLA, Sophie Moore, Nellie Miskowski, they were idle, so they're still 9-0. But LSU, Kelly Green, Agnew, Grace Seitz at 11-1. TCU's Maria Gonzalez and Anna Vergara at 9-1. And, and I did get the FSU pair, but I'm sure, Matt, you can help me with them because I think they only had one loss also. Um, yeah. Is that right? Who's your, your number uh, four pairs? Yeah, it's we've been mixing it around, but consistently it's been Jordan Polo and then sometimes <laughs> Anna Long and sometimes Caitlin Moon. Um, they've been kind of mixing it around, but Jordan's pretty unbeatable. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then you go to the number threes. Here you go again. LSU, Riley Allred, Holly Carlton, 13 and 0. And I believe wow. USC, you have to add on two more wins because they played today. Julius Scholes and Delaney Maple now 11-0. Uh, sorry, Mads. And then uh, <laughs> Florida State, okay. Elena Chacon and Mads Fitzpatrick, uh, eight and one. Should be nine and one, but you're in the twos in that one week, uh, one duel. But I mean, mm -hmm. that's gonna be a grinder right there. I mean, we're gonna be watching the threes for sure. Oh, yeah. So much fun. <laughs> the threes is a really fun flight, too. I don't know. I got to watch little bits and pieces here. I mean, we, we just talked last week about LSU with Riley and Holly, that they've had a lot of wins where they've come back from being from deficits. And then they've still been able to produce wins. Like they were the deciding factor against LMU. And I think it was like a 16, 14, they were down by a bunch and they came back in one. Um, and so they're undefeated on season, but also like grinding out gritty wins. It's not like they're just destroying everybody, which is super respectable and really cool to see. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to jump to the twos. The ABCA pair of the week, LSU's Parker Brackett and Kylie DeBerg, I believe, well, they're 13-0, but they're going to have a bunch more duels this weekend. You got USC, Sammy Slater, Megan Kraft. I believe they're 10-0 after today, because I only had 8-0. Um, and then FIU, 
Emily Meyer and Rochelle Mancinelli, which I know absolutely zero about. So uh, any intel on that last uh, pair there, you guys? We'll start with you, Matt. Nope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any intel and I don't want to make something up. So that's your coast. <laughs> your coast is vulnerable. <laughs> I got to get on it. They're not in our conference anymore. Okay. But still. <laughs> I've never, I've never heard of this pair, but I mean, anybody being undefeated is very impressive. And so I don't know, I guess we got to keep our eyes out for this FIU pairing and get to know them because they're doing some damage looks like. Wow. That's quite the segue to my neck. The number ones, because if you got to watch FIU, one of the only undefeated pairs left in the nation, FIU's Giada Bianchi and Paige Kalkoff at six. No, um, I may have changed it. I have to look at the results today uh, for FIU's, but I mean, still, there's another team on the East Coast to be keeping an eye on because I think they actually were uh, seated or ranked kind of low this year. But you got to watch your behind. <laughs> watch your your yeah. six, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, FIU usually has like one or two or three standout teams. And they're always so impressive. Like whenever they have those teams, it's like, wow, these girls are in the spotlight. They're loud. They're athletic. So it's it's no shock to me that FIU is up there on the ones and the twos. Yep. The other team, uh, TCU's Denny Alvarez and Tanya Moreno, 14 and one. I mean, no brainer. Um, but <laughs> March to May is coming up this weekend. So we'll see if that sticks, right? So mm -hmm. um, let's jump over to some of the conference awards, which we do now, we know this week. Um, so uh, TCU won the outrigger in Hawaii. Um, USC with a nine dual winning streak after their two wins today. Pac-12 pair of the week, Tina Gradina, Haley Harward, the USC ones. Um, and then the Big West pair of the week, Annie Maidman and Sophia Russo. Um, they were at the three, fours, and five flights, but went undefeated. I'm like, wow, it's a lot of movement there. And then Conference yeah. USA, uh, or from Coastal Carolinas, Ellie Hanford, Natalie Hansa-Vichova. And then, of course, the ABCA pair of the week and CCSA pair of the week. Parker Bracken and Kylie DeBerg of LSU. Any thoughts on any of those pairings, ladies? I think starting off with Kylie and Parker from LSU, I've heard from a lot of sources that they just really are getting their jobs done. And both of them are pretty fresh faces. So the fact that they're just getting their job done, playing at the twos, playing for this, playing for LSU, like in a pretty arguably like formidable area. And just, I mean, they've been such a dominant source at their ones and twos before, but I think stepping in with newbies and having them continuously be a dominant source, I think is very, very impressive. Um, like they've got big shoes to fill and they're filling them very, very well. So big shout out to the LSU twos. Yep. Matt, anything to add there? <clears throat> uh, yeah, just about the PAC 12 pair of the week. I got to watch Tina, uh, Gradina and Haley Howard play. And one word that comes to my mind is just actually two words, athletic and powerful. Both of them are so speedy and also so equally strong. It was very impressive to watch them play and master the wind like they did. You know, some teams are w wishing that Tina went down to that FIVB in Mexico. Like, oh, maybe she'll be gone this week. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Madison Fitzpatrick at Florida State, and you're listening or watching College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition Top 20. Hi, I'm Erica Brock from FAU. Hi, Mackenzie Morris from FAU. And you're listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Well, let's uh, um, 
this week's current matchups, you know, being that we are into week four now as we're recording, but yeah, a lot of big uh, matchups this week, especially in the tournament, March to May at Gulf Shores. Insane. I, mm -hmm. I, looking through the schedule, and the teams are competing. There is not going to be a single break for any team that's in that tournament. Matt, it's your, your home turf and uh, you like that area. So uh, talk about the tournament and what we could see there. It's always fun playing at Gulf Shores because you just get that little taste of what it's going to be like at national championships. And there's always just like a little added pressure in the air because you know it's it's going to be that windy and you're going to be playing on that beach so it, everyone kind of plays at their highest level i'm really looking forward to we really have no breaks it's gcu ucla and then the next day it's tulane and another really i think like south carolina like we just play great teams back to back um the level at this tournament i think is one of the highest it's been so far so i'm really excited yep charlie what you got yeah i think march may is looking very, very similar and like indicative of the way Battle for LA was two weeks ago, where mm -hmm. everybody going in is very, very talented. Like no duel is gonna be just a blowout. Um, everything looks like it's gonna be a battle. So I, we are also in the heat of finals week, so we will not be playing until Monday. So I'm really excited to watch the games that are going on this weekend at March to May specifically, because those are, like Mads was saying, gonna be, pretty similar and indicative to the levels played at national championships this year. Yeah. Well, I want to mention that today it was also the FIU surf and turf as USC FIU FGCU um, that happened. And because USC is undefeated in that the rest, I need to get the other results on. They weren't updated on the sites, but um, <clears throat> tomorrow it's Wednesday night recording Long Beach state of Pepperdine is one thing that's catching my eye because we want to see Pepperdine take on a pretty legit opponent. And Long Beach is like, on the verge of breaking through as well as one of those teams, because they've been losing two set uh, two points, uh, two sets. And, you know, in duels, they've been losing in the final duel like against Cal. Um, I feel like they're ready. They got to be frustrated at this point. Cause they got their record is not indicative of how they're playing, but they're competing. So uh, any mm -hmm. thoughts on that matchup? <clears throat> yeah. I feel like this is going to be the matchup that I was talking about where I wanted to see, how Pepperdine keeps growing throughout the season. Long Beach State, we all know, is a really good team. So that's going to be pretty indicative of, I think, the trajectory that Pepperdine is on. If they can beat them, then maybe that will help them get over their little hump. Um, yeah. Yeah. Charlie, anything to add? Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. I think that Long Beach State is a very formidable opponent. They almost took the win over us. Uh, <laughs> we narrowly edged ahead of them 3-2 with, I think, four out of our five matches were down to three with them edging ahead 15, 13 or 15, 12, and then us edging ahead 15, 11, 16, 14, like everything was close against them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Long Beach State is a very, very high level competitor. And if Pepperdine can win that, um, that brings them back up into some serious talk, which is really awesome potential. Yeah. Well, I'm going to mention some of the team. Well, I'm going to try and mention all the teams at March to May, three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's UCLA, Tulane, Grand Canyon, South Carolina, LSU, FAU, Florida State, UAB, my, Georgia State. And I think that's it. <laughs> Still <laughs> quite a bit. Um, all three days, this is going to be going on. And you know that there are some people looking for the big upset. So um, should be fun to watch. And 
Mm-hmm. You're probably wondering why I want to rush through this. It's because we have fan questions. I definitely want to hit them because people <laughs> took the time to ask them. So I'm going to, I'm going to skip some stuff and just ask the ladies questions. Most serious one I've seen, Morgan Wallen or Luke Combs. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Charlie. Morgan Wallen, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, that's a no-brainer for me. Morgan Wallen all day. The raspiness of his voice. Like Luke Combs, I would probably pick Luke like a year ago, but now with Morgan and all of his songs that have come out, it has to be Morgan Wallen. What about you, Rob? I'm going to go with Luke Combs. I saw him in concert at the Brand Event Center, and all he had say- was his red plastic cup. And to me, that's character. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say that. His roots. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I'm going to the Morgan Wallen concert this fall. So he definitely edges ahead for me because of the fact that I'm going to see him. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here, here's the other question for this AVP season, which team guys or guys and girls, they put about men and women, they're men and women. Do y'all have coming out on top as number one, Charlie? (laughs) All right. For guys, I think it's a really big toss up right now. Um, because of the fact that there are so many new pairs. I mean, I really am excited. I got to see like bits and pieces of everybody because I was playing in the qualifiers of all of the events this summer. I was really impressed with Andy Banesh and Nick Lucena picking him up, I think is going to be a really, really big, like that's going to be a big pair to compete with. I'm also excited to see Taylor and Taylor. And then I always like both Crab Brothers, I really like watching. I think Try and Trevor might have the edge on most teams because of the fact that they have the depth in their partnership, but there are new partners that are coming in that can compete and then on the woman's side again another toss-up because of a bunch of new (laughs) new partnerships um but I think I mean I don't know I feel like April Ross Ross's boss like she's probably going to reign supreme um but I think people are going to come for her throats her and um and day correct for now while Alex yeah yeah oh there you go Matt Matt's a sinking tough she's like oh no I actually I 100% agree um I'm a huge Nick Lucena fan obviously um and I actually get to watch like well, Brooke Andy might have some influence there just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> but Nick and Andy train at our courts um sometimes and we get to watch and it's so impressive like they're Andy's arms are the longest things I've ever seen in my entire life I don't know how anyone I actually tried to hit against him and nothing went over the net so I have my money on Nick and Andy and then also I agree about uh, about April Ross I think I would be dumb not to say that I feel like she'll reign supreme yep well if you block Andy Benish Mads in a practice please send me the video <laughs> oh, I will for sure. I'll post that everywhere. That I was like Chris blocking Dan Schalk this last summer. That's yeah. <laughs> that absolutely needs to go around the world if we get a video of that. <laughs> I'm going to play the neutral card on this one. I have too many uh, tight relationships with those people. We'll just say <laughs> I appreciate seeing them play the effort they put out, and I, I love seeing them on the court competing because. It's totally inspirational to see what they're doing. I mean, for me, who's been out of the game for, I'm not going to say how many years, let's just say it's been a while. But mm-hmm. I mean, the level they're competing at, I mean, it's hard for me not to root for everyone. You know, and they're so charismatic. I mean, I met Nick Lucena for the first time. I was kind of in awe. I'm like, oh, oh but great guy. Love seeing him play. Such an aggressive defender. I mean, Team Tay Tay, I mean, they're right here on the beach here, less than half a mile from me. So I'm like, oh, knowing the, the, uh, the Sanders for a long time. So, it's hard to like pick any certain one. And hello, I announced a Newport Harbor. That's uh, April Ross, you know, Alex Kleiman. Well, obviously she's off this year, but 
known so many people growing up through all these years and it, i like rooting for all of them so i'm, I'm that's my cheap way out <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't agree any more with you though i feel like the fact that there are so many new partnerships means that there are so many more people to root for too it's because like we've seen the splits and so everything's kind of up for grabs but also i don't know i'm just very very excited to see this season to play this season and just see i don't know everything's really really high level yeah Okay, next question is, what's the best and the hardest part about being a D1 athlete? Ooh, look at that. <laughs> I wish people My mom asked that question. I know, huh? I thought I thought, Fab for Fitz, thanks for sending along. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mom. <laughs> Parents not um, giving enough money is the hardest part. No, <laughs> <laughs> no they're nice to me. <laughs> um, I can go. Perfect. All right. Um, the hardest part is probably time management. I'm in all these, I'm in 15 hours of classes. Uh, we do volunteering, being in season. And then I also do sideline reporting for the ACC network and like just a few other things here and there. So all of that, it's hard to make time for each of those things. And I'm, I love to give hundred percent in everything I do. So it's very difficult finding the time and effort to give hundred um, percent. But that's just something you get as you keep going, you learn. Um, and then the best part, oh, there's so many amazing things um, about being a student athlete. Shoot. Okay. Priority it's registration. Definitely, what? Priority registration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have that. So no. <laughs> really? Nope. <laughs> we <Oops>. have um, <laughs> salty subject for Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the best part is probably when you're in season, constantly traveling, um, hanging out with your family, which is basically the team now, um, and just getting all those new experiences that only you get as a student athlete. Yep. Wow. Good. Charlie, how about you? Hardest and best part? Yeah. So hardest, I would definitely have to agree with Mads on time management and just like learning how to say no to things. I'm really, really good at saying yes to commitments. <laughs> um, but sometimes I feel myself stretched definitely too thin. I mean, being an athlete, being in 19 units right now, like taking some grad school, some undergrad doing like kind of the full combination of everything. But then in combination with that, like I founded a student organization on campus. And so I've kind of taken on a big like role in community service. And then just like also in leadership of other organizations that I'm a part of, I don't really know how to say no and I'm trying to learn. Um, so definitely just feeling stretched too thin a lot of times, but getting better about it. And I feel like the older I get, the less school I have to take. So therefore I can say yes to more things, but also learning how to say no to things still. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say that the best part, I mean, Matt's hit the nail on the head. I think just competing, um, competing the, the free healthcare is really, really nice. Like treatment, getting that for free from university is awesome. Um, but I really think that competition above all else, I mean, yeah. there's nothing like it. We get to travel to the most beautiful of places. I think that beach volleyball definitely has the advantage of that because we don't play in bad elements really yeah. like we get to go to the most beautiful places we get to compete against the best teams we get to see the country in its most beautiful places and also just I mean feel like a family while competing with one another and just celebrating the wins all and celebrating just the beautiful moments in it all together is really wonderful yep good stuff um gonna end on this question here 
uh, for a fan question. It's from a user by the name of Mary Lee Ekstrom. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we love our moms. <laughs> oh, that's yes, cute. So it's so good. But I'm, not, I'm definitely going to answer. But last on this one, what's the best thing about Rob? Smile, enthusiasm, selfies oh. are really above. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Excellent <laughs> question, mom. Big shout out to Mama Ekstrom for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, guys have an answer, but I, oh, go for it, Mads. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was going to say like your sunshine attitude, you're just infectious. Like when you smile or you laugh or you even you just open your mouth at all, it's like, oh, there's warmth. Like I'm happy because Rob is happy and he's so constant and awesome. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. that does. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to feed off of that because Mads, like I completely agree. And I'm also going to say just the amount that you care because everything that you do and like you support us so much. And I don't know, like I said, this is the highlight of my week, but even like I've had like health issues and you're like texting me, giving me tips on how to take care of like scars that like from getting attacked by a dog like you are like you literally go above and beyond in like everything like checking in on us on wellness like taking care of us and like just being wonderful and like making sure that we're doing great while we're on the show and while we're off the show um I don't know there's no one quite like you Rob sniff Preach. oh my gosh well I wanted to end and thank you guys so much but I wanted to uh, let people know the reason why I do what I do is because I meet, get to meet outstanding people like you two. Like, uh, if people don't know the story um, between how I've met Charlie. I met her as an interview through Flow Volleyball at the CIF State Division Three Championships. They said, pick an athlete wow. who did well. I'm like, extra, extra, what, whatever, get that one. And then I just started talking to her and we chatted afterwards. I'm like, wow. And then I ran into her competing at the, uh, at a juniors tournament and just wanted to say hello and realize outstanding personality, great athlete with a banging jump serve. That's all. <laughs> and then uh, when the opportunity came about to, to do this with uh, Charlie, I was like, no brainer. She's the first. And then for Mads, I was talking to coach Brooke Niles. So she's out here. I think, I think it's one of the club tournaments. She's trying to be all low key. I'm like, Oh, that's Brooke Niles. So uh, I'm like, hey, I wanted to uh, do um, a podcast, but I wanted to get representation from each of the coasts. And I go, do you recommend anyone on your team? Because I feel like, you know, you're up and coming team. You got great athletes. And she's like, oh, without a doubt, Mads Fitzpatrick. And I happened to do a piece on you and Brooke, I believe for volleyballmag.com. And I knew right there from talking like, oh, Mads is the fit. But I mean, knowing the people that you are on and off the court, I mean, that's what gives me the fire to do what I'm doing here and just to help the game grow because there are so many people like you two who are out there playing who don't have the exposure. And that's what I'm hoping to get. And that brings me the most joy and getting to see them compete and then having the opportunity to talk to them afterwards, before, or just say hi. You know, there are a lot of people that I've come across who just, I don't get the opportunity, but they have these this remarkable personality, character, commitment, competitiveness and they're so athletic and entertaining and you know every once in a while you'll see them on an olympic stand you know so um, <laughs> it's just cool having that connection i mean it, it goes way back but that's why i have so much joy in doing this and yes merely that's why i smile so much because i get to be around great people so that's what i wanted to end with well but um um 
we'll end our episode there. We're going to take more fan questions. I think they went off pretty well. There's some other ones where I had to cut them off because not our time limitations. But Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford University, good luck during finals. Matt Fitzpatrick, good luck during this March to May. I mean, you might as well be walking in a torture chamber. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to torture them. They're walking into the torture chamber. Yes, exactly. 